Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Good Humans Podcast. Wow, I'm pretty excited about this week's podcast. I've got a really good friend coming up, but... What I am excited to share is coming next Tuesday, I'm going to be dropping an all new pod called the 1% pod. It's going to be less than 14 minutes every time. So it's less than 1% of your day, but I just wanted to add some extra value because I feel like I learned so much great stuff in the mental health industry that I really want to share and I don't really have a great outlet for it. So I thought, why not bring out another little pod that comes out once a week on a Tuesday and I'm going to be talking about one thing that makes me curious, whether it be a topic. So first week's going to be about confidence and then we'll just kind of expand on different things that I find interesting and things that I've learned over my journey. And then the second thing I'm going to touch on is a resource or a book or something that I've been inspired by or something that's educated me that I feel like is valuable to share with you guys. Uh, The third thing I'm going to touch on is bringing a bit of light to the amazing uh, 1% Good Club that I run, which is a meditation and gratitude group. For anyone who hasn't checked that out, check out the Good Human Factory on Instagram. I'll be posting some stuff about that in the coming weeks. But basically, we do. I send a 10-minute guided meditation every morning to all these group chats. I think there's about 700 members now. And then every night, everybody writes three things they're grateful for. So I'm going to be championing a handful of people each week and reading out some of their gratitudes and really just bringing some light to the amazing people who are taking care of their mental health on a daily basis. So look out for that next Tuesday. Also, I've been doing a bit of research into podcast stats and how to grow this and get it into more people's ears. And what I've noticed is the most important thing is if you can click on that subscribe button, like this podcast, podcast it really helps us obviously get a notification each week when we drop pods and it's a great way for you to make sure you're hearing the great content and the great guests that we're bringing out each week um but yeah so that's our good way to grow also leaving reviews on apple Podcasts is a massive one so if you're liking these chats leave us a review i want to start reading them out in that one percent good pod because i think it's really important to build community and really include you guys who are listening to these amazing conversations each week so yeah Tag us on social media, Good Humans Podcast. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and yeah, let's get this podcast to as many awesome ears as we can. Today's episode, this guy is 20 years old from the Northern Beaches, somebody who really inspired me, somebody who came into my life about 12 months ago as I was a guest on his podcast. And over the last year, I've really been intrigued and interested in his journey. He's a really good human who's really out there trying to make a positive impact on the world. He's got some really great advice when it comes to finance, when it comes to school. And that's something that I think a lot of our listeners can relate to. School was quite a difficult time for a lot of us, and it was quite a good time for a lot of us. And Nathan, there you go, that's his name. So this episode is with a guy called Nathan Moss. And yeah, he has some really, really interesting insights into post-school 
um, topics that he didn't learn at school and he's really yeah inspired and educated me in a lot of those areas. So let's jump straight into today's podcast and welcome Nathan Moss. How you going, mate? Good, Coops. Thanks so much for having me, mate. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to jump on your podcast, Uncle Nathan podcast, a couple months back and... I've been so inspired watching your journey with educating and educating and inspiring the um, youth to take on some interesting different takes on things they didn't learn at school. And yeah, I'm excited to have a chat to you about your journey, what inspired you to want to share that sort of information, because I really love people who are trying to make the world a better place and trying to educate the youth just like I am. So I guess we'll jump back to the start. Where did Nathan Moss grow up? And yeah, what was your family and school life like back in the early days? Yeah, mate. So I uh, grew up on the beaches near where you've grown up and just sort of had a really typical, fun upbringing. My family loved to travel, spent a lot of time at the beach. I grew up sort of surfing, went to school around the beaches, just public schools. Um, and yeah, we just, it was a good childhood. Like we'd every summer holidays go away, every Easter break go away, explore up and down the coast, get that sunshine in. And um, I think, yeah, there were a lot of experiences that I sort of had through all that travel and through how just fun and adventurous my family were that sort of shaped me into the perspective I have today. But yeah, just surfing, playing footy growing up, footballers in soccer growing up and yeah, just having a good time really. Yeah, that sounds like very similar to my upbringing, very privileged and very lucky. And um, I think having the awareness that we are very privileged and lucky is kind of what makes us be able to offer the advice we can today and come from a perspective of understanding. But Let's, uh, let's talk about your school life because what you talk about in your business and your little side hustle right now is very directed at school. So what was your experience like, let's say at primary school first, as much as you can remember, and then we'll continue to move on into high school? Yeah, so um, primary school was an interesting time for me. I, um, I went to primary school just near the house that I've grown up in, still living in the same house. Um, my parents actually got divorced in year two after we'd just finished renovating the house so that was like quite a tumultuous time for me like a lot going on even though I was pretty young so at that point I would have been like eight years old like I was pretty young didn't fully understand what was going on but dad moved up to the sunny coast so it was sort of like oh dad's just gone and we're stuck with mum all the time and like it was it was a weird time for me my sister was a bit younger she didn't fully grasp what was going on but yeah so throughout primary school I sort of was living that that typical life, like playing soccer all the time, hanging out with my mates, surfing heaps. But at the same time, I was also like seeing a school counsellor from year two, like once a week for a good three to four years. So it was it was interesting. I think I um I think I was forced to grow up quite quickly during primary school, and I also like never really found like I found my group in primary school. That was always an interesting one for me. Um, so then when I, when the time finally came to finish primary school and jump over to high school and make that leap I was like cool like it was fun but now I get sort of this fresh start really looking forward to it so I started at St Paul's in in Manly year seven um and that was great like I sort of had a few friends from primary school like there was about 20 of us that went there so it wasn't too uncomfortable for me and I felt like I could really just build new friendships but also feel safe because I had other friendships there and at that point I wasn't really too academically minded like I always did well at school but I didn't really like try too hard or focus much energy on it Um, I think it just came naturally which was I'm now look at like how lucky I was for that to be the case but yeah sort of 
academically through school, it sort of each year got better and better. And then towards the end of school, I was like, oh, wow, like I actually am in a really good position here to, to do well um, in year 12. So I really set my mind on getting a good ATAR and finishing school with like a, an achievement under my belt. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. Sort of spent the last few years of senior high school really trying hard, really aiming for that high mark and ended up getting the mark that, that I wanted. And yeah, straight off to uni after that. All right, we're going to rewind a little bit because you just gave your whole story really quickly. I but did, mate. Uh, No, no, it's good. We've got the full full story now. Now we're going to break it down because you are only yeah, 20. Pick it apart. You are only 20, so schooling is uh, a big portion of your life. But rewinding back to primary school when you said your parents split up, were you like going up to the Central Coast certain weekends and doing like sort of co-parenting or was it purely with your mum? Because I think a lot of people a lot of young people especially can really relate to that. It's something that I haven't experienced, but I do obviously have a lot of friends who have because it is such a common occurrence. So for one, was there that kind of balance? And for two, what sort of advice, if you can remember, was the counsellor giving you back then? Because I think that's really really great that you were getting that um, bit of guidance from back then in a situation that is quite difficult for a young person to um, understand. Yeah, I mean... Dad moved to the Central Coast for work and like the, from what I saw, the divorce was quite like amicable. Like they were still friendly with each other and it wasn't like messy. Well, it's a divorce, but it wasn't very messy as much as it could have been. Um, but yeah, so dad moved up to the Central Coast for work and we were sort of seeing him once a fortnight because with his job, he also was traveling around the country. So every second weekend he was away which meant we stayed down here and then when we could see him, we went and saw him and it was awesome because it was sort of like this mini holiday every time we got to go see dad, um, which was so sick. And obviously my sister and I and and both my mum and my dad, like our entire upbringing was very, um, was very loving. Like the family was always a tight knit unit. Even after that, we're still, anytime my sister or I achieve something or anything that's noteworthy happens in our life, like both our parents will always be there. And that was always really encouraging because we felt like we could explore even though they weren't together anymore. Like we didn't feel like we lost anything per se. Um, But still, like when your dad moves away at such a young age, it's confusing because you're used to him coming into your room every single night, kissing you goodnight, and then all of a sudden he doesn't anymore. Mm. Um, So it was, yeah, it was a weird time for me in terms of, just figuring that out because I wasn't old enough to really comprehend like I wasn't old enough to look at myself objectively like I can now um so I guess in the time I didn't have any of this understanding it's only looking back on it but with the question with the counselor like I, I was pretty young I don't really remember specifically the advice I got but there was one like, key takeaway that I took from the whole experience and that was that it's okay to talk to someone mm. um because like when you're that young and it's really hard for you to make sense of your thoughts, but just going through that process of talking to someone who I don't know, talking to them week on, week off. Like I, I learned that it's a safe environment and it's okay to talk about things that I don't even know what's going to come at the end of it, um, which is something I've taken into my later years for sure. Yeah, I think you can, I can relate to that just thinking out loud right now in the way that I think you're onto something there with having that early age understanding and acceptance of speaking to someone about what you're going through. I mean, I'm lucky enough to work with a sports psychologist and I feel like anyone who has seen a psychologist will understand that it it is such a powerful thing and it does really help. 
But it's funny that we, we work so, or we get promoted through the media and just through life, how important it is to work on your physical health, whether it be having a personal trainer or seeing a nutritionist. Whereas we generally see a psychologist as a, as a thing, as a place to go to when we're struggling. Whereas I think kind of what you were saying there, if we could really promote and encourage people to see psychologists from a younger age, not in a way that it's promoted that you go there when you've got a problem, it's going there to develop the skills so that we don't get to a point of problem. And that's a lot of the stuff that I'm doing with my work. And I know you are as well. Um, trying to educate and inspire people to develop skills so that they don't end up on the poor end of the mental health spectrum. Yeah. I think that's a good takeaway just for anyone listening. If you don't need to go and see a psychologist just because you're struggling, it's like you go to a psychologist to develop skills to put in your toolbox so that when you are struggling, you're not racing to a psychologist and it's so difficult to get in to see one in our days in Australia. So I think it is important that we, um, yeah, encourage people to develop a relationship with a psychologist or at least have, a really good understanding that they can have friends around and that they can talk to. What, what do you think about that? Oh, 100%, man. Like I would, I would attribute probably, probably my entire mindset and the way that I think today and the way that my head is at, I would yeah, attribute that all to speaking to a psychologist. Like I've been seeing, so the primary school saga happened and then I didn't really speak to anyone as I was going through high school all that much. But then sort of those later years of high school when I decided to actually like work hard and really focus on my schooling, the the personality that I had was like, I would start to overthink stuff and get really anxious about it. So I started seeing a psychologist then and have basically see, been seeing a psychologist on and off since like that sort of year nine, year 10, um, that year nine, year 10 sort of, I guess, what would you call it? I guess anxiousness, that's what it was mm. um, up until now. So I see, I see a psychologist now like quite regularly and dead set, there is no way on earth I'd be the person that I am if I wasn't able to have conversations with, with my psychologist like what I've had. And would you say you see a psychologist because you're struggling or more so because it is just a place to have those conversations that might be a bit uncomfortable or a bit awkward to have with mates? I find like the most value in seeing someone is because, well, is through them helping you figure out your own thoughts. Mm. Because like I find... Like whether or not I'm struggling or just there's something looming, like there's something that I just can't figure out or I'm trying to figure out and start to overthink. I find whenever I have that conversation with my psychologist, he's able to listen to what I'm saying, look at it from a different point of view and then sort of lay it back out for me in a way that I can be like, okay, that's where my head's at because up here, it's just every direction. Like you have thoughts thrown at you mm -hmm. all the time that if you wrote them down, you'd be like, mate, that's just absolute mumble. But when you have someone there listening, they can be like, okay, so this is what you're saying. This is what's irrational. This is what's rational. And whether or not you're struggling or you're in a good place, that's always helpful. Yeah, I think it's, um, it looks like, it sounds like it just really builds a bit of clarity and a bit of outside perspective can have a massive impact. Let's talk Definitely. about um, high school years. You said you went into high school and maybe didn't have that many friends in primary school. What was it like building and developing relationships in high school and how important were those connections in your high school journey? Yeah, um, the whole like my whole schooling experience was quite interesting in that I never found like I clicked with a certain group of people. Me too. So, like in primary school, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really have like my group. I was mates with everyone and mm. 
would always like hang out with different people, but there was never, then when I got into high school, there was never like the group chat. Like I was part of different groups. And when I go out on the weekend, like there'd be four or five groups of people out there that I could easily hang out with and feel comfortable. But um, there was never like, I, I know a few people, a few people that I would consider mates, like they have their solid group. They go away together. They're in the group chat. Like they're always, um, always hanging out together. And I never had that. So I had to really learn to be, okay on my own mm. <laughs> okay okay being a floater um which was an interesting experience in itself but then as i realized that that is okay i started to build like really solid friendships with individuals because i could just seek out a friend that had the same values as mm. me like it was no longer oh you're part of the group i guess we're mates it was if we don't get on we don't get on if we do get on like i'm gonna really work to foster that relationship and I've realized since finishing school how important that is because like I've been through a few things since finishing school that have rocked me a little bit mentally and it's those friends that always have your back like most of my closest mates don't even live in the same state as myself or three or four or five years older than me but I've found it to be like so instrumental in helping bring me out of a slump and and get me back to to myself again yeah I was going to touch on that I think I, I feel a lot of similarities with that I kind of felt like I bounced around quite a bit in say high school and I think with me traveling so much with surfing it kind of made it quite hard to have that but I did feel a great connection with a lot of individuals but I think like we know so well that how important the say like the five closest people around you like they're like show me your five closest friends I'll show you your future and I think having that no real ties so often you see groups of friends go one way after school and maintain that friendship forever forever and it kind of like dead it kind of creates your path for you not saying it's a bad thing at all because I know I do have some friends and they're all still friends and they're all happy but for me I kind of wanted to go into my post-school life with the freedom to create the future that I wanted and that really aligned with my values not what the group of friends that I just happened to be going to school with and I think I had a quite a good understanding of that because I got to travel and it sounds like you were not forced into that, but that was just your personality. And then you developed that understanding and realized how important it was to make those real connections with individuals rather than just your friends being everyone in your group, because the chance that everyone mm. in your group hold the same values and visions as you is so, so un, um, uh, unattainable. So I think having yeah. that um, flexibility around who you want to be friends with and really developing friendships that are yeah people that are there for you when you're going through those difficult times let's talk about the end of high school now you said you went through a bit of anxiety when it came to schooling and and this is your area of expertise so I think this would be a great um, little segue into talking about how you did deal with that what kind of things you were talking to your psychologist about if you're happy to share them because I think a lot of kids who are maybe getting into that uh, pointy end of high school will be struggling with stuff and and I know you're like I said, your expertise with your business, which we will talk about, is around this post-school and end-of-school um, education and advice. So what, what, what did you find difficult to, for starters? And then how did you overcome those difficult times? Yeah, the biggest thing for me that like I, stru- I still struggle with, but I struggled with so much towards the end of high school were expectations. Mm. Like the expectations that I thought people had of me absolutely rattled me just always like I would wake up every day trying to live up to a completely false representation of who I thought I was meant to be just because I'd done well 
in earlier years of high school. So I was sort of like sitting there, okay, like I got, um, I did really well in year nine and 10 at, at St. Paul's. And from there I was like, okay, if I'm doing well this early on, then I have to keep going up. Like it, it's a failure if I go backwards. And so from that, from that experience, I was like, okay, year 11 and 12 has to be perfect. I have to do really well, get to the end of year 12 with this incredible ATAR. And that was the expectation I placed on myself. And then I thought, and because of the achievements I've already had, other people expect the same, if not more. And then that was also an expectation on me. And I had teachers who were like, okay, you did well last year, do well again this year. So I had these three different things playing on my mind every single day. And it just got to the point where I was just overwhelmed. Mm. I was like, what, what if I don't live up to who I think I'm supposed to live up to? And that just, yeah, I got to the point where I was like, if I don't try, I can't fail. Because if I don't try, then no one can say you didn't make it. So that was, that was what was playing on my head. And at that point, I was like, there's no, there's no way I'm going to let that happen. Like, I've got my sights set on something. I've got my goal. I'm going to work towards that goal. So I was like, okay, I need help handling this. Um, and I wasn't entirely sure where to turn at first. Like, as I said, I'd seen people on and off um, for help mentally. But this sort of seemed like much more of an internal battle that, than what I'd gone through previously. Um, I spoke to my parents quite a lot. They were, my parents are absolutely instrumental in, in who I am today. Like they've always been so loving and understanding of where my head's at and where I'm at as a person. And that's always helped me to express like what I'm feeling because I never felt like they were going to judge me. Even if they disagree, they'll, they'll disagree in a way that isn't, it's not a dig. It's almost like saying, I hear you, but this is what I think based on my experience. And that was always so good for me because the more I talk, the better I'd feel. Mm. Um, so I had to, I went through that quite a lot. And the other thing that really helped me, especially in year 12, when it was like around exam time, because that's when I found myself getting the most anxious is like, and this is obviously a nice little segue into, into your stuff, but meditation was like so big for me in year 12. And I literally just stumbled upon it to the point where I was like, I think I'd heard one time in a study seminar that it's really good at nighttime to have a bath before an exam. So I was like, all right, I'll run a, I'll run a bath. And then that sort of progressed into I'll run a bath, turn the lights off and light a candle. And then from there, it was like, I'll run a bath, turn the lights off, light a candle and start meditating. So I just lie in the bath for like half an hour listening to some nice flute music or just something that would take my mind off things and sort of escape for a little bit. Um, and that was massive in calming me down uh, for the next day, especially before exams. Uh, but that was something that took a lot of time to, to get to. And by the end of year 12, I felt like I was, I was there, but then you hit the real world, expectations changed, and I felt like I was back at square one. Yeah, it's really cool that you discovered meditation by yourself. I mean, I learned it quite young too, but definitely found it very hard to develop accountability for myself around it. Like I understood the benefits but maybe not as much as I do now and like one of the big benefits is it's amazing for memory retention which at the end of the day that's all high school is it's, it's like mm-hmm. learn stuff and try to remember it and write it down in a, um, in a exam and that's why yeah it's so cool what we're doing is trying to like kind of break away from yeah. the constraints that school kind of has been for the last hundred years not much has really changed i think it is um time for a bit of a shake up and that's why it's so cool what we're doing but let's go into 
Uncle Nathan and your why. So finishing school, mm. you obviously did quite well. Well, I guess let's let's talk about when you finished school. What was your direction, and what was where did you think you were going to go compared to where you ended up and where you are, say, two years now after school? Yeah, so I guess the starting place for all that is like back at the friendship thing. So because like I didn't have a a, a group per se, I found myself on like after school. Um, pretty much every day of the week or on weekends, like I found myself trying to find something that I'm really interested in. And eventually I figured out for me, for myself, that was finance and money and the world of investing. And at first it was literally just because I was like, I want to be rich. Like I want to have a yacht. I want to live this incredible life. And, um, I think that happened after I watched Wolf of Wall Street. Anyway, so I started looking into, into finance and what it actually is in, in the real world. And I was really fascinated by like money markets and, and how stuff happens. And, the further I got into high school, so that sort of started um, when I was 16, so year 10. Uh, the further I got into high school, the more interested in that I got. So I would spend my nights literally like staring at YouTube for hours on end, learning about the stock market and how, how it all works and how money works and all these different financial concepts that are definitely not taught at school. Um, and they were quite basic, but like it was a good understanding of money. And so from that, I sort of thought, well, if I'm going to try hard in school, I'll work towards a certain uni course. And I thought for a long time that my calling was to go into the finance sector, work this corporate job where I get to dress up in a suit and take a briefcase into the city every day. And that was like, I was like, that's me. That's what I want to do. Um, and that's what I was working towards in year 12 with, with those marks that I was aiming to achieve. And then after school, when that happened, I got into the course and I started it and I was like, this isn't all it's chirped up to be, is it? It's kind of boring. Um, so I had to really like rethink where I was at um, with, with everything I wanted to do and with who I, I thought I was because up until that point, I was like so certain on my direction, so certain that that's what I wanted to do. And I realized that just because I'm interested in it doesn't mean that's my why. It doesn't mean that's my purpose. So that... Now finance for me sort of became much more of a, this is an, an interesting thing for me. This is something that I'll devote a lot of time to, time to, but my calling isn't to make as much money as I can. And I actually stumbled upon the joy of helping other people because my high school got me back in. So I went to Freshwater for year 11 and 12 and they got me back in to basically be like an in-house tutor. Um, and my job there was to work with students who didn't find school as easy as I found it. And it was only in doing that that I learned, well, two things. Number one, I learned that I got it so lucky, like so lucky for school to be, to come naturally to me and for myself to just fit into the system the way that I did. Um, but I also learned that school is really quite challenging for other people and that there's a lot of value in helping people overcome challenges. And that's sort of how I stumbled upon, I guess, what I call my purpose now, although it might change, I don't know. But yeah, it's just helping other people make their life a little bit easier in, in any way I can. So for me, because I did well at school, it made sense to help other people find school a little bit easier. And because I know a bit about, a bit about finance, it makes sense for me to help other people learn about finance what wasn't taught at school. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at now. And that's why Uncle Nathan came about because I was like, I can do these things. I can mix my interests, which are money and basically just learning about life and also mix my, what I'd say my purpose is in, in helping other people. And that's where we're at. 
And that's why you're on Good Humans Podcast, mate, because, um, <laughs> yeah, people with the mindset like you, especially at your age, is so rare, and that's why I'm so stoked to have you on the podcast and have a bit of a chat about what you're up to. Let's have a quick chat about Uncle Nathan and what – tell me what – tell the listeners what Uncle Nathan is because I've um, been following for a while. Tell people where they can find it and tell people, like, the goals and sort of ob- – not objectives, the goals and purpose and vision for Uncle Nathan. Yeah, so – I guess you've already got the story of why it came about, Mm. but basically I was like, okay, how can I help people in a way that's accessible? Um, So to me, that was obviously the internet because anyone can access it at any time. So Uncle Nathan literally started as a blog where I was like, I'm going to write stuff about topics that I find interesting. So at at first it was school, money, uh, life and travel. And to me, that was like awesome. So things that I learn, I can just share with other people. They can read it if they'd like. If they don't want to, that's fine too. It was always just like this passion project for me um, because I didn't really see a clear way to monetize it. And then after I, so I launched it Jan 1, 2021, so just over a year ago now, and pretty quickly I realized that people were pretty keen on the stuff that I had to say and like that was really motivating for me. I was like, oh, I'm going to grow this a bit bigger. So I was like, okay, I'll start an Instagram page, which wasn't actually what I wanted to do at first. I was like, okay, I'll start Instagram. So the Instagram's at Uncle Nathan Co. And that's kind of the hub now. That's where everything um, goes from. So we've also got a podcast now because I realized that as much as it's cool to share my perspective and my opinion on things and my lessons, I thought it was a bit one-dimensional to just have it come from me. So now on the podcast, I interview really cool people like yourself who have incredible stories to share and have had these experiences that I haven't had and can offer value to the audience so yeah we've got the blog the podcast instagram and now tiktok as a way to get the podcast out there and reach new people because it's sort of like in my eyes the more eyes i get on the content the more chance i have to help another person so as big as we can grow it i'll continue to push that whether or not we get monetization or not because it's it's helping people at the end of the day um but yeah so if if anyone wants to check it out uncle nathan co on instagram is probably the place to go yeah, I'll um, leave all the stuff in the show notes as well so people can check that out and get around what you're doing because I think there is a lot of value to be had. So speaking of value, I guess would be a good little time to, what would be, a, this is going to put you on the spot and be a difficult one, but what would be like your top three, let's say tips, but also things to educate yourself around when it comes to money and finance because it's something that I fucking struggle with. It's something that I feel like I missed. I mean, to be honest, my my stuff with finance comes around almost fear of finance. I'm like out of sight, out of mind. I'd rather just do well, make the money, and then yeah, spend the money. Whereas I need to mm. I need to read a bit more Uncle Nathan. But it's something that I am aware of and very curious about, and I'm trying to dedicate a bit more time to. But what sort of tips would you give to somebody, let's say in their twenties, that might be struggling with finance? Where would be a good spot to start? Whether it be learning about taxes, whether it be learning about investing, whether it be learning about budgeting where where would you say is the best spot to start um yeah I, it's hard because there's so much out there mm. like and that is what why people don't start because it's like where do overwhelming. i start it's so yeah it's so overwhelming and, and daunting and i think the the best place for me was to figure out what i wanted so like i was i was sort of sitting there like okay what do i want and to me that was i don't want to work a job that i don't like Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, how can I, how can I get there? Well, I got to have a way of making enough money through other ways that isn't 
a job that I don't like. So then I can do whatever I'd like to do. Um, so then from there, I was like, okay, how can I create income streams that pay me not necessarily for working a certain number of hours? Um, so from there, I sort of stumbled across investing. So I guess tips wise, figure out what you want from money. Like why, why do you want to learn about money? Is it because you just want to be able to pay rent each week? In that case, you should learn about expenses and how to budget and how to have a savings account and things like that. Um, is it that you want to create time freedom, retire early? In that case, you should probably learn about investing and, and things like that. But YouTube has so many good resources on this stuff. And if you have a certain area that you want to learn about, so like, I guess the best place generally to start would just be to go to YouTube and learn about money management. And then you'll learn all things like savings. You'll learn about super, you'll learn about expenses, you'll learn about income, you'll learn about investing. Um, and all those other terms that we don't learn about, like inflation, interest rates, these things that unless you did economics or business at high school, you probably haven't really heard before. Um, but yeah, I guess YouTube is definitely the best place to start. You don't need to spend money to learn these things. You just got to Google it. Yeah, curiosity. And that's one of the big things that mm. I'm focusing on with the Good Human Factory is sparking curiosity around different topics and not being scared of topics. And I mean, I'm a good example. Like I said, I'm quite scared of, not scared of money, but I've been quite lax and traveled the world and kind of been free flowing with my money and it's time for me to really start now running a business i'm trying to understand cash flow and understand how things work to maximize my output into the world but then also continue to grow and scale the business so it's um maybe i'll have to get you to do like a little blog thing for the good human factory newsletter once a month or something as a little guest post we'll, we'll, for sure we'll, that'd be sick we'll work on that um all right got a few like little last things i want to chat to you about because I know how important well-being is to you and you're very conscious of your well-being. You're part of my 1% club, which we will get into in a second. But what would you put down as your top kind of well-being tips and things that you need to do on a regular basis to maintain a good kind of mental health and well-being? Yeah, I mean, as I said, like I've been up and down with with my thoughts and where my head's at um, since finishing high school. And I think the thing that brings me back a lot of the time and gets me back to who, who I am and, and my true self is like trying to really focus on being present mm. and just accepting what has been and accepting what will be and just being like there in the moment, which is obviously easy to say, but to actually get there, like I find myself feeling good and feeling present when I'm just alone with my thoughts, um, with something like a, a guided meditation or like lately I've been going to the gym in the morning and then having a swim after it. And to that, like that feels really good. Leaving my phone in the car and just going down the beach and just chilling in the water for 10 minutes. Like there's, you're just, you're there and there's no escaping it sort of thing. Um, the other thing that I quite like is running. It's so raw. Like it, when I run, my head goes to places I never even thought I had in there. Um, just be, there's no escaping it. Like I think David Goggins says it, um, there's when you run, like there's no running away from your demons. They'll always find you sort of thing. Mm. And I think the best way to get over those demons is to confront them. Um, so like if you are, if you are in a, in a shit place, I think the first step to getting out of that place is to acknowledge that you're in there mm. and accept it for what it is and, and feel it and, and hurt and cry and feel all those emotions because eventually it'll start to ease. Yeah, I like that. I think developing self-awareness from a young age is so important and that's why what I'm doing with the Good Human Factory I think is such vital information for young people just 
whether or not they absorb the information I tell them right now, but just exposing them to the the skill of self-awareness, whether it be through meditation or becoming present and mindfulness, it's so it's such a vital thing, I think, for people to understand self-awareness so that when you are struggling, you can catch yourself before you get to that really bad, poor end of the mental health spectrum. You can kind of check in when you, with yourself when you do get halfway down that spectrum and you can go, oh, all right, what am I going to do to actively try and build myself back up and get into a good mental well-being space? Because I think um, we all do have minds that are absolutely crazy at times and I think it is really important for us to develop that self-awareness and understanding from quite a young age and it sounds like you've um, you've really got there but like you said it's a journey and there is ups and downs and I'm sure you can acknowledge that you will probably be in a dark spot again at some stage whether it be this year or next year but you do have the skills to bring yourself back and that's what I think is really important with mental health so often it's pigeonholed in this one dimensional get to the negative end of the spectrum go seek help all that comes with that but I think the more that we can like as we spoke about earlier go see a psychologist before you're struggling and just chat to them about things that have been on your mind a little bit that you're a bit confused or curious about so that we can put things in place to move back up that good end of the mental health spectrum I want to chat to you a little bit about your experience now with the one percent good club so I guess I'll explain a little bit I don't think I've actually talked about it on good humans podcast yet uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners do know a little bit about it, but the 1% Good Club, I guess, popped up oh, 214 days ago at recording of this <laughs> podcast. And I can tell you that because I had this idea that I needed accountability when it came to meditation and mindfulness myself. And I know how important mindfulness or well, meditation and gratitude is for my mental health and understand a lot of the science behind it. But I found it quite difficult to keep myself accountable every day. So I said, to my Instagram followers, does anyone want to be joined in on a, um, a meditation and gratitude group where every day I'll send a 10-minute meditation and every night I'll send three things I'm grateful for. So it's the 1% club because that 10 minutes and then four minutes of gratitude is 1% of your day. So if we can all dedicate 1% of our day to our mental health, which I think we can all agree upon is quite important, um, then yeah, we're going to have pretty good mental health. So yeah, I've been doing that for 212 days. I think you're in one of the initial groups, maybe. So you've yeah, been you've, that first day. Yeah, you've been in there since day one. So I think this would be a good um, opportunity for one to share your experience with it, what you've noticed um, from coming in and out of the group. From and that's the thing; it's not meant to be something that you feel guilty that you miss days. It's about being accountable and just popping up and reading other people's stuff. So yeah, what's your experience been like with the One Percent Good Club? Yeah, dude, like, as you said, from day one, I was in there because like, like what you said, I, I need that accountability for things like that because I find that when I'm struggling, it's really easy to do it because I'm like, this is going to help me. But then when I'm feeling good, I don't do it as much. Like I don't, uh, I don't meditate as much. I don't, I don't do those gratitude lists. I don't take the time out for my mental health because I'm like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to. Um, so when you posted about starting that group and putting it up there and and I sort of learned about what it was I was like oh this will be good because then when I am feeling good I'll still be able to I'll still keep myself accountable I'll still be able to push myself to to focus on my mental health um I'd be lying if I said I did it every single day like you have (laughs) over 214 days um because I do I do come in and out but the one thing that's been really good is that every single day I'll see a message pop up on my phone with somebody else in that group saying three things they're grateful for 
and whether or not I reply with my own three things that I'm grateful for, I read theirs and I think about my own. So mm. I'm still, I still do it. And like, that's, that's what I think has been most powerful. It's not even the fact that, that I'm typing into the group every day. It's just the fact that it's there and it reminds me every single day to do it because like our group, we've got people from all around the world. I think we've got quite a few in Australia, but one in the US and one somewhere else that I haven't been able to figure out because the time zones are all whack. <laughs> but like you see it at all hours of the day and I'll just be, I'll forget to do my meditation in the morning and then I'll cop a message at like eight o'clock at night from someone who's just woken up on the other side of the world going meditation done. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I got to do that. <laughs> so I'll jump on it. So yeah, it's, it's been sick, dude. I really like it. Yeah, so I guess anyone out there listening that isn't part of the 1% Club, if you want to, join or check it out just send the good human factory on instagram a dm saying i want to join the club and i'll add you into a group i think we've got like i think there's 25 groups well there's 25 groups and i'm pretty sure there's between 20 and 30 in every group because you do see people chime in and out which is good i feel like people jumping out of the group sometimes and leaving the group is fine i think it's just about trying to develop that accountability and then it's not for everyone but it's just about yeah being accessible to everyone so yeah if you want to join send us a dm and we'll get you into a group but yeah like i said i think there's like 700 people i was doing a bit of a count last night when i did the gratitude and i think 90 people last night wrote their three things they were grateful for so that's 270 things that people were grateful for yesterday and it's really special to see like you said just reading other mm. people's can be really inspiring and i think it's a good little time to give a little update to everyone listening that next week on good humans podcast i'm about to launch another podcast so there'll be two a week that's going to be called the one percent pod which will be less than 14 minutes every day i mean once a week where i'll touch on various topics something that i'm curious about each week a resource or a book that um a book podcast or something that i've found quite intriguing or built some um education and learning from just to pass that knowledge on and then i'm going to champion somebody or a group a bunch of people from the one percent good club and sort of share about the gratitudes and really just show how beautiful it is what that group and that community has turned into because like you said it is really nice to see and then i'll also talk about the podcast coming up that week so check that out next week um yeah i wanted to touch on a couple last things one thing that i am intrigued for with you who inspires you or what are you inspired by Oh, that's a really good question. Um, this is going to sound like kind of, I don't know, take it as you will. I, my potential inspires me mm-hmm. um, because I've seen the impact that I can have on people's lives. And I think the potential to impact more and more people as I grow older is like quite large. So that motivates me to keep trying and keep pushing, even on the days where maybe it's not as successful as I would have liked. Um but the other big thing is like my parents and my family. Like I've, as I said, I've grown up in such an amazing family and such a, a supportive environment um, that it would, I just, I just feel like it's res- my responsibility to grow into a similar person to what my parents are. So I try every single day to do that. Um, and the third one is people around me that I've associated myself more so since finishing school. Um, there are definitely a good five or six people that, during school who I would consider like in my close circle now but some of the people I've met since finishing school just inspire the hell out of me hey like people like yourself people like Alex like they you guys have this ability to do your own thing in a way that inspires me to want to keep doing what I'm doing on the bad days um so yeah just the people in my life dude 
I love that. It's um, I mean, it feels nice for me for you to say that, but <laughs> same thing. Likewise, um, I feel the exact same way watching you push and just being inspired by people around you is so important. But I really love how you started that, that you insp- your potential inspires you. I've never really heard someone talk about that and it really resonated with me just then thinking about same thing, like understanding how many people I have impacted positively but also how many people I can impact is something that I do. Just reflecting on it then while you said that made me think like that does really inspire me knowing for one, the feedback and whatnot that we get, but also the the potential that there is uh, that's a really cool concept i like that i'm going to use that <laughs> yeah thanks um, and just like to touch on that as well like you you know the impact you've had on me in the last 12 months like just having you guys believe in me alone is has been massive for me to realize that potential impact that i could have no nah, definitely i um yeah it's been cool getting to know you and getting to um yeah see your journey and learn from what you're doing and, and i think I say it a lot on this podcast, starting a podcast is such a brilliant way to network. Like if you didn't start your yeah. podcast and ask me on, we wouldn't be mates and you wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this chat right now. So anyone out there listening, I mean, the podcast game is getting extremely saturated, <laughs> but the more the merrier, the more people that can listen to conversations that um, inspire, educate and really motivate people to be better humans and be the best versions of themselves. I think, yeah, the more the merrier, but We'll come to the last question that I ask everybody on this podcast. I'm sure you've heard one or two of them before, so you know what's coming. What does being a good human mean to Nathan Moss? Yeah, I've, uh, I think I've listened to about 80% of your episodes, so I've heard, I've heard most answers, and I'm not sure if this one's been said, but I think the biggest thing to being a good person is to be yourself because you will inevitably know what's right and wrong, and the moment you decide to take an action or say something or do something that goes against your moral code that in itself to me is is not fulfilling the person that you are so i think to be a good person you just you got to be you every single day in every decision you make and and if people don't like that that's okay like you i i truly believe everyone listening to this podcast has a good enough um ethics code moral code to to live a good life and and impact other people's lives positively so if you stay true to yourself you'll do that oh that was nice that might be one of the one of the best responses to that question it kind of stumps people it's a pretty hard one but yeah mate it was an amazing um chat we got to have right now i'm really stoked i'm sure a lot of people will be inspired by your journey so far and i'm looking forward to having you back on in a year or two and hopefully collaborating with stuff with the good human factory because i really resonate with the work you're doing your why is obviously so so aligned with the stuff that i'm doing so we'll um yeah continue to build on our relationship and hopefully grow some cool stuff and get uncle nathan to yeah get involved with the good human factory a little bit more so everyone look out for uncle nathan old nathan moss i'll um yeah leave in the show notes all of his um socials and whatnot so you can check it out and yeah thanks so much for coming on brother thanks so much for having me coops like just the exposure for uncle nathan and and all you've done for me in the last year has been incredible so thank you so much thanks Ace, for tuning in everyone i'll see you on tuesday next week this has been a well-being network podcast <laughs> ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.